0: Hello and welcome to episode two of New Sense. We're so glad that you're back here with us. Uh-oh,
1: podcast time. It's podcast hey, time. Hey, I've got some breaking news to start off with right off the bat. My friend Harry's hair is looking exquisite today. Uh-oh. Yeah, so you're, you're missing out at home. That's the problem with podcasts. You can't see how sexy you look, Harry. I'm right with it, because now they all just have to assume that you're correct. <laughs> Absolutely. How are you? I'm very well. I'm excited to be back. How are you? Me too. I'm also very excited to be back. I was itching to get another episode out. You were soaking coming off the yeah. back of the last one. Yeah, I like, had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. It was like, can we can we do these more regularly? <laughs> <said>, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely a big thank you to everyone who gave the first episode a listen. We've been getting some really lovely feedback,
0: so we were always appreciating that. Decent amount of listeners too. Really happy. We broke uh, 100 Spotify listens, I'm pretty sure. We were getting very close. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is, you know, big for us. Yeah. Um, and overall, with like the total number number of individual listens, we were getting well on our way to the 800 mark.
1: Nice. Yeah. Which is just That's great, so yeah. exciting. So yeah, thank so, you so much. Yeah. And hopefully you're enjoying it, not just pushing through because you're friends with us.
0: And on that note...
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's get into the fortnightly fact fight, our fortnightly session where we talk about all the news of today here in Australia and around the world. Start us off with some local news, Christopher. What have you got for us today? Well, well, this one's just been announced uh, quite recently in the last 24 hours, actually. We've got Scott Morrison announcing in Dolby this morning that $100 million uh, will be given as a drought relief package uh, to our struggling farmers.
0: Really interesting one. Just doing some reading on this before mm. uh, in the Guardian and the Australian, talking about how yes, it might have been a 100 million dollar package, but in fact he was in contesting Labor and the Greens on info about a 3.4 billion dollar package so for drought relief.
1: A little bit of a disparity <laughs> yeah. there between those. It's
0: it's interesting. Um, it's, it is fantastic obviously drought relief is a major political issue. Of course in any right yeah,
1: any sort of relief is great yeah.
0: Yeah yeah particularly um, in rural Queensland although let's not forget that that is a major voting section. Right and as party, you were I saying
1: think. to me before we were recording um, one of the things that won Scott Morris in the election was
0: regional Queensland yeah, rural Queensland yeah. it was in fact it was possibly the thing mm. because um, that was one of the big surprises is that so much of rural Queensland turned away from Labor that was like the unlosable election that right. whole thing. Uh, So, yeah, you can tell they're really trying hard to work that base. If you're looking at this cynically, you can say they're definitely catering to a very important voting factor. Mm. But also, you know, the Liberal government, to some extent, do care about... Um, servicing the Australian people. Like, this is one of their their big deals was drought
1: relief. They mm. ran on that. So. Well, I think any, you know, government to some extent hopefully cares about that. But well, <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, $100 million through the drought relief package.
1: Yeah, this was announced uh, right after Scott Morrison got back from America. Uh, so, hot announced off the heels of... Yeah, in Dolby, yeah, yeah, um, So that's... And this is hot off the heels of... And we'll talk about this a bit more in our national, international section, but this is hot off the heels of him announcing $150 million uh, in the US to NASA uh, to aid in getting to Mars, I believe. And so and, uh, right after that happened, we, we, we heard a lot of flack towards the PM about, oh, well, why aren't our farmers getting this and that? And so obviously now to come back and then immediately announce this. Um, yeah, I wonder if this was planned at the time, or if this has
0: sort of been thought about since? Yeah, well, it was always going to be strategic, this announcement, because Mm. this will win them huge political points. And, like, you know, obviously it's years until the next election, but they're really trying to solidify that rural voting base now. Mm. Um, So, yeah, it's absolutely strategic. But it is interesting that you were saying that, you know, 150 million towards the Mars mission in America and only 100 million to drought ridden Australia. Right.
1: And we were all saying before the podcast that when you think about it really in the big context of things, a hundred
0: million dollars isn't that much. No. It's yeah, like considering it was a three point four billion dollar proposal mm. originally. Um a hundred million dollars is a pittance really. And yeah. you know, how much is that actually going to do in the scheme of things? Well,
1: thirty three million of the hundred million will go directly to a drought community support initiative which will provide up to three thousand dollars to individual families each for groceries and sort of normal living
0: expenses. Yeah, relief. And there was also a um a really big mental health fund, which I actually think is brilliant. Absolutely, I think it's extremely yeah. important. Fantastic, yeah. Um so good to see. I think it's been a well just you know, from my relatively ignorant knowledge, it's a well structured Drought relief package, Mm. but whether it's enough money, we'll leave that to the public. Right, well, only time will
1: tell, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, Other than that, we don't have a lot of other local news. Uh, It's hot. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, There's still drought. It's not really news, I'm just angry about it.
0: Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Lots of bushfires. Yeah, bushfires still going
1: on, of course, obviously. Um, But they're not really in the news anymore because everyone's sick of seeing them. It's so funny. That's yeah. how the news works.
0: <laughs> news cycle, yeah. But um, that's oh, actually, this is a personal note. It's right next to my little sister's preschool up in WA. Mm. There's bushfires raging oh, as well. Oh gosh. Yeah, they had to evacuate. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, no, it's, it's like everyone's fine for the moment, but it's pretty hardcore, like knowing that yeah. this is up in Broome and WA. It's getting really close to people. Right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, let's launch from local into national. Yes.
1: All right, so somewhat piggybacking off our discussions of Scott Morrison there, let's chat about him in America at the UN and visiting President Trump.
0: Yeah, one of the first prime ministers in Australia to be invited to a state dinner with the US president since the Bush era. The first. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, yeah, the first. Yeah, since what I imagine would have been
1: John Howard, probably.
0: Yeah, about that, I mm. mean, we'd have to fact-check, but yeah. more or less, it's a pretty odd honour to be bestowed upon uh, Prime Minister Morrison. Right, President yeah, Trump. and we were saying earlier that him and Trump have obviously been quite buddy-buddy, pretty much, always, yep. yeah. Yeah, since Morrison got in, like, there's been widespread support from both parties. They've little, had yeah, nothing little, but nice things to say about each other. Nice which, little bromance. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> how much of an endorsement that is on the international <laughs> political level, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, so Scott Morrison was at the UN. Let's talk about that. He, di- he
1: did go to the UN, and he delivered an address where he defended Australia's climate change action, citing that Australia will beat its 2020 Kyoto targets.
0: Now, it is necessary to note in this case that he was defending Australia's climate change initiative because we have recently been called out on a very global level at mm. uh, the Climate Accords. We have been uninvited to one of the biggest international climate change initiatives because we have not put forward any new climate change goals that's pretty crazy to get yeah invited <laughs> it's uh it's quite disappointing the america was as well because they only invited countries that had committed to even more mm. um climate change targets and reductions in emissions yeah
1: so despite uh, scott morrison uh, saying all these things the u.n australian australia's emissions are up since 2014
0: yeah, absolutely. And like Scott Morrison's defence on this was that we set our targets and meet them, but the rest mm. of the world is going. Well, maybe you should be setting higher targets. Right.
1: To play devil's advocate, um, sure. Yeah. I would point out that Australia's emissions on the global scale are only something like one point four percent, something around that. It's very small. So it could be argued that we are doing enough because
0: we're not a huge contributor. What would you think about that? Um, I think comparatively to the rest of the world, like yes, it might be small emissions, but we are caretakers of an extremely large. We we. Are a continent more or less like we are australasia we're one of the few countries that takes up most of a continent and that continent includes vast mineral resources vast deserts uh the great barrier reef like we have a responsibility to the globe just based on where we are and what we have control of and clearly emissions are going to affect all of that on a global level mm. and also we're something of a figurehead as you were saying before um so I think it's extremely important. Right.
1: So on that, on that figurehead point, you could say that we have the chance here to really become like a kind of leader in this kind of progressive climate change policy
0: as a kind of first world nation. Yeah, absolutely. I think any first world nation has that responsibility. Mm. If you are an industrialised nation and there's very, very clear evidence about the harm that industrialization is doing to the global environment, well, then, of course, right. you have a responsibility to reduce your impact. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, moving on from that.
1: Yeah. Uh, So next up on the national front, we have New South Wales uh, decriminalising abortion. Uh, Yeah. yeah, As you were saying earlier, Harry, this one kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it? We didn't see this coming. and Maybe that's just because we don't live in New South Wales, but I didn't hear anything about this until it it came out in the news that it had been...
0: Decriminalised. Yes, certainly a surprise announcement to us anyway. I mean, like, as you said, we might just not be plugged into local, mm. state-level New South mm. Wales politics. Uh, but it is the last Australian state to democ- uh, yes. decriminalise abortion, which makes yes. the country wide... Yeah, um, yeah everywhere it is now.
1: Yeah, uh, the vote passed. The New South Wales Senate, 26 votes to 14. Um, the New South Wales Premier Gladys... Uh, Did not attend the vote as she was running the state. Please note here that uh, Chris cannot pronounce the New South Wales Premier's name. I cannot. I'm not going to try. But yes, she she did not attend the vote as she was, quote, running the state. That is actually what she said.
0: Isn't that just incredible? I will not voice an opinion on this incredibly important issue to my state because I'm busy running said state. (laughs) Chris, why couldn't you come to my birthday party? I was eating food.
1: <laughs> it's a th- isn't that just a thing you do? I was eating
0: food from your birthday party. I was <laughs> running your birthday party. <laughs> I was running your birthday party <laughs> so from I can't my bedroom. Come to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, wonderful. All right, moving on from that, we yes. have another state legalising something. We do well, territory,
1: territory. In fact, yeah, yeah. Uh, the ACT that is has legalised marijuana for personal use starting from the beginning of next year. Uh, it's become the first state or territory to legalise marijuana for personal use in the country.
0: And I love how they say... So they're saying ACT residents will be able to have up to two personal plants mm-hmm. and 50 grams of dried cannabis per person. Yep. But they're very vague on how people should actually acquire yeah, seed yeah. Of cannabis. Now, I believe
1: it is actually pretty actually easy to get like, the seeds to grow it sent through the mail. I don't think it can be picked up or anything like that. I'm sure there are ways of pe- People will be... <laughs> well, obviously people the, are going to get if it. If people but- want to get weed in the ACT, I reckon they're going to be able to do it. But I think this is probably more indicative of a... Um, Legislative change in the way that, the, that like, marijuana is going to be dealt with.
0: Yeah, and perceived on a national right, level. Right, right, yeah, but
1: particularly in the ACT, I think it's less about smoking weed, because people are going to do that no matter what. It's more about, I think, a representative thing of how it's going to be treated legally. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Like, this is, you know, we saw this in America, where one state legalised it, and then a whole swath did, and mm-hmm. it's now legal over most of the country. Mm. Um, so whether that will be the case here, it's going to be extremely interesting to follow yeah. these developments.
1: Yeah. Um. It, it it should be mentioned that it will remain illegal under federal Commonwealth law. Uh, so there could be complications there, but I somehow think that it won't be, you know, shot down. I think that... I don't know. That's just my suspicion. Yeah. Um, well, many... well oh, pardon me. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> many federal ministers such as Peter Dutton uh, have obviously criticised the motion which is always going to happen yeah drugs yeah.
0: are always going to be controversial no matter which yeah, way you yeah, slice it exactly uh, yeah just look at the pill testing oh extremely good uh, pill testing documentary by Tom Tilly just came out oh. but I highly recommend checking that out here's the uh, Triple J hack anchor um, really interesting stuff cool check that out if you're interested guys uh, so, from there, should we move on to our international section? Absolutely. Oh, you failed to mention the last little uh, show note you put in under the uh, marijuana legislation. What was that? The fact that New Sense will now be recording from camera. <laughs> <after that>. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on international stories. Yes. Uh, a massive one these last few weeks are the drone strikes in Saudi Arabia. Now, this has an extremely um, interesting connection to our last episode on the economy, actually. Mm because the... uh, Let's start from the beginning. Uh, How much do you know about this issue?
1: Not much. You've, you've explained this to me mostly, but some of the notes that I've got down here is that um, after drone strikes by Iran onto Saudi oil fields, tensions between the two countries are escalating at an alarming rate. Yeah, okay. that's Yeah, that's good. Well, the two I countries were...
0: <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I did a news! Um, the two countries were Iran and Saudi Arabia. So there's no... As far as I can tell, I haven't checked the story today, but there's still no tangible evidence that it was actually Iran who sent the drones. Oh, it's just suspected. Uh, very heavily suspected. Right. And the US came out straight away and was like, yeah, it was Iran. And everyone was like, "Hmm, how do you know that? And the US is public, like
1: publicly supporting Saudi Arabia. Uh, yeah, and particularly that they'll um, back them if need be.
0: Particularly, like US, but particularly Donald Trump mm. uh, issued a tweet on the day of saying that the US military was locked and loaded and waiting for confirmation from the kingdom, which is an extremely alarming thing. That's
1: just a weird thing. Yeah, the US is just waiting for Saudi word
0: to just well, it's just at, at no wage war on Iran. Yeah, well, <laughs> the, like U, US foreign policy is they either side who would who will they will aid, whether mm. it be militarily or foreign aid wise yeah. Uh, never, it's a historical precedent for them to go, yeah, we're waiting on someone to tell us yeah. where to send our military That's bizarre. and um, I,
1: when I was reading this article I just couldn't help but thinking how fortunate we are that we don't have some kind of agreement or treaty with the US that means that we have to go to war with them if they go to war I'm just glad that that doesn't exist, because that would be terrible oh, Chris, I,
0: I just I don't know how to tell you this but um, yeah Oh, we have one that's terrible. We've had it for a while.
1: All right, moving on <laughs> to the United Nations. Uh, uh, actually, there was
0: one more point on that. So timing back into the economy, um, the drone strikes in Saudi Arabia were on their two biggest oil uh, manufacturing. Oh, yes, of course. So, that's, so that immediately, when these strikes were announced, that made the price oh, of oil right rise up, yeah. quite high. And this could have a massive effect on the global economy because oil is an international resource. And the moment it goes up, that affects how people budget because, Mm. you know, we've got to put away more for petrol and that affects what people spend. And as we remember from last week, what people spend affects on how well the economy is doing. So if people are spending less, there's less stimulus for businesses. So this could be yet another factor in something that could eventually lead to a global recession. Um, Mm. So yeah, just like really illustrating that point.
1: Yeah. You had a really good anecdote the other day about
0: um, spaghetti. Oh, yeah, no, I, I completely stole that. I think I started, stole it from The Guardian. Um, but it was talking about how oil is really important because if spaghetti gets really expensive, we'll just eat something else. Mm. But people have to get to work. Oil yeah. is not something you can just easily replace.
1: Mm. So that'll be a very interesting one to follow. Or uh, just hoping we don't
0: go to war. Yeah, that's, that's particularly interesting. I uh, highly recommend doing some more reading on that. Mm. Uh, moving on to the next one.
1: The United Nations. Uh um, Obviously, there's no way people haven't heard about this story. It's been one of the biggest stories of the week. But following the worldwide climate strike, uh, Greta Thunberg... I think I'm pronouncing that right. I think you did pretty well, actually. Yeah, Yeah. delivered a scathing speech at the United Nations, basically attacking the world for not doing enough on climate change. Did you listen to it?
0: I have listened to it. It was chilling. Um, Yeah, the speech has received a lot of criticism, Mm -hmm. which, you know, was going to happen. Of course, yeah. Uh, President Trump seemingly... Oh, just that absolutely mocking tweet. Which she has now made her Twitter bio... Oh, God, I hadn't <laughs> yeah. seen that. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, uh, because
1: he just retweeted the video, I believe, and said, looks like a very B- bright nice. young girl, nice young girl with a bright future ahead of her. So she's changed her butt, Twitter bio to do a wonderful bright young girl with a bright future ahead of her what or a, whatever it is. What a great class! That's quite funny, I think. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so President Trump was one, and unfortunately our own Prime Minister was another. Yeah, he came out and said that, uh, basically his response is
1: that he didn't want to impose unnecessary anxiety on Australian children. It's like, yeah, we'll keep that in
0: mind when we're all dying <laughs> from heat death. Yeah, I'll be and, a little anxious. Yeah, the oceans are raising up to flood Tasmania. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I don't feel like we need to say
1: too much about that point, though, apart from acknowledging it, because there's just so much being said about it already. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So climate strike, it's a big one. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the climate. Uh, and our last uh, international report of the week uh, it is pertaining to reports of cruelty against China's Muslim community, uh, which have been quite rampant over the
0: last week or so. Yeah, not just cruelly, but systematic repression um, from a number of sources. We've checked out the ABC uh, in Australia, and we've checked out international sources like Business Insider and Mm. Al Jazeera, uh, talking about how at the United Nations, there was a report filed against um, repression of Chinese Muslim community and how the Chinese government seems to be completely silent on this issue.
1: Right, yeah, we saw video footage allegedly showing uh, Chinese Muslims blindfolded, uh, being led while handcuffed at a train station,
0: which was bizarre. Yeah, reports are ranging from really quite horrific detention yeah. camps to organ harvesting. Right, yeah.
1: So, the, And th- this is just bizarre because, of course, as you said, you know, China's not really keen to talk about this, so we're getting a lot of hearsay.
0: Uh, but yeah, but it's also like, it is hearsay, but the United States and more than 30 other countries at the UN have condemned uh, what they have termed China's horrific campaign of repression mm. against the uh, Uyghur Muslim minority in the western, western regions of Xinjiang. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, not good.
1: Not good, yeah.
0: That's um, my take on it.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, you know what, Harry, that's it. <laughs> it's um, safe. Yeah, China has previously said that the camps, these detention camps are necessary to fight uh, Muslim
0: extremism. Uh, yeah, so that's particularly interesting because it shows that Um, The whole perception of Muslim extremism is an international thing, not just a Western society, uh, and treated very poorly in countries worldwide. Mm. Um, But, you know, the UN has called them out for it, so it'll be interesting to see what develops from here. Yeah. Um, All right, shall we make things a little bit lighter? We've got a token feel-good story here. Oh, we do
1: indeed. Uh, Yes, so this is quite pertinent at the moment, given our talking about the climate and all those sorts of things. Uh, Costa Rica, Harry. Let's talk about Costa Rica.
0: Costa Rica will run on more than 98% renewable energy for the fifth consecutive year. That's crazy.
1: uh, The figure here I've got
0: is 98.84%. Yeah, of Costa Rica's power. It's come from renewable resources. Yes,
1: yeah, 67.5% of its energy is from hydropower, 17% from wind, 135 from geothermal sources, uh, and 0.84% from biomass and solar panels. The remaining
0: 1.16% corresponds to backup plants. And let's not forget that one of the main pushes in politics in Australia for more mining and more coal is the fact that we would be unable to sustain like environmental measures like wind power and solar power would be unable to sustain... Mm. Uh, an economy and obviously Australia's a very different place from Costa oh, course, Rica yeah. but the precedence there right so so fantastic. that was fantastic. yeah that, okay, that put a smile on our face props to Costa Rica yeah good on you Costa Rica um, cool alright shall we move into our deep dive for the let's week? do it oh save can't you see we are talking about America this week America, home of the free, land of the
1: eagles. <laughs> sure. That's, I believe, how the saying goes.
0: That's, yep, more or less. Yeah. Um, <laughs> excellent. Okay, yeah. So this week we are talking about America and America's government and their global influence with particular emphasis on the fact that that they have just started to do something that has only ever been attempted three times in previous history, which is impeach a sitting president.
1: Yes, and as always, uh, I'll be here to ask the questions that you're afraid to ask, uh, because I had, uh, hadn't heard of this place until today. What was it called again, Harry? America. 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 No, yeah, no, no, no. that's going to take some time. Yeah, you get the pronunciation right. How was it, sorry? America. Yeah. Great. So what have you got
0: to say about America, Harry? All right. Let's talk about... <laughs> What they are. Like, obviously, we all know what their, they are. We're not starting from dot here, but mm. let's talk about their government. Yes. Um, and particularly also how it's similar to ours, because our government is a mashup of two. Uh, political systems that are very prevalent in the world. That is the Washington system, America's system, mm. and the Westminster system, which is British. Yep. So our um, system has actually been referred to in the past as the Washminster system. <laughs> Sounds That's like a cleaning catchy, product, right? yeah. <laughs> I feel like it should be in the laundry. Mr. Washminster. Mr. Washminster. <laughs> um, so, uh, very similar. We are a Federation, mm. Australia. A lot of people don't actually know that, but we are a series of federated states. So we are independent states that are originally independent and now run at a uh, national level. America is the world's oldest surviving federation. Uh, they are a representative democracy, uh, which is very similar to how we function. We function as a representative democracy, but yeah. we are, in fact, a constitutional monarchy. monarchy. Yeah, yeah, we still report to good old Queen Liz. Queen Lizzy. Um if, because we are a colony, but interestingly enough, obviously America broke away from the British, um, yes, in, in, which I believe was a bit of a bit of a tiff, a bit of a thing. Yeah, yeah, something about tea, right? <laughs> something about tea. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Interesting statistic here for you. Uh, there is um, the Economist, which is you know one of the leading sources on economy news in the world, mm. has an index called the the Worldwide Democracy Index, which, which ranks countries yeah. by how good their democracies are. Take a guess at where. America, good old freedom, freedom, freedom comes in. Have to be number one, surely. The most free place in the world. It's,
1: it's, yeah, but take 24. <laughs> it's, it's in at number 25. 25, guys. <laughs> number 25. That's ridiculous. Isn't it funny? Where, we, where were we again? Something, number nine. Number nine. Go Aussies. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, Norway is in at number one. Yes. A lot of Scandinavian states up there. They're very good. I think the top three it was like Iceland, uh, Norway, and, and Sweden. Sweden yeah. uh, New Zealand in at number four. Good on him. Cousins across the ditch, yeah. killing it. Uh, so moving on to more about America uh, <laughs> a, they function uh, again similar to how we do with mm. the government on a federal state and a local level right. um, uh, those different branches of government have jurisdiction over different levels of things uh, and their federal government consists of three branches legislative con- executive and judicial right so three levels state um, national federal. Uh, the, yeah, state federal and local. Mm. And then the federal split into legislative, uh, executive, and judicial. Executionary. Executionary. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we joke. but (laughs) That's true, yeah. So, to kind of explain what these are a little bit, legislative is the legislator. They're the ones who bring new laws into being. Mm. And in America, that is Congress. Congress. And in here, like, we have a very similar system. Once again, we have two houses. We have the Senate. Uh, and, and we the have reps. the House of Reps. Over there, they have the House and the Senate. Right. That's so very similar. We much just don't the same. Call, yeah, exactly. We just don't call ours a Congress. Yeah. Um, so in order for a new law to be made into law, it needs to go through both houses. Right. Just like us. Yeah, exactly. And houses consist of representatives who are elected in one way or another. So in the House, it is people who are Based on population distribution, and in the Senate, it is based on a on a fixed number of representatives per state. All right, so also quite similar to us. yeah, like in Australia, I think it's um twelve per state, and yep. in America, I'm pretty certain it's, th- it's two or three. It's one of them. Okay, well, which makes sense because it's a lot more states. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so. Uh, the key difference is we followed a Westminster system in forming our government from our parliament. Right. Uh, so, thus, like you know, our parliament's made up a bunch of ministers, and the minister who in charge is the prime one. The prime the minister, pri- <laughs> you might say. The prime functioning minister <laughs> of the ministers, he is the primest. Yes. Um. So that's a, a very brief, very brief overview <laughs> of the American governmental system. Yes. Uh. Do, do is there anything you don't know about the American um, no, no, I think I'm, I'm, I'm good. I you're just still. Good, yeah. um, what's this America thing again? Like, what are we talking about specifically? What, oh, just, this country. What where is, is it? it? Yeah. Uh, West,
1: West. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. That's all I needed to know. Thank you. Cool. Good stuff.
0: <laughs> uh, so, moving on to more now and what's going on in America right now. Yeah. So, where we are now is in impeachment, which is a major thing. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it has happened a few times in history, uh, starting with Andrew Johnson. Jackson. Um, I'm pretty sure I made this mistake before and it is Andrew Johnson. well either way it was a man named Andrew yep and uh he's dead now This was back in the 1800s so this was ages ago and it took over another hundred years for it to happen again mm. with Bill Clinton that naughty naughty man silly old Billy yeah uh taking a task for an affair he had with his secretary oh uh, but he was not actually removed from office no although, he- or even though he did
1: reach impeachment which will Get into.
0: So, may as well clarify that point now. Right, because being
1: impeached doesn't mean that you lose the presidency.
0: No, yeah, common misconception. So, impeachment basically takes place in the House, which is Democrat controlled at at the moment. moment. Uh, So what that means is that a majority of people in the House have to say, we are impeaching this president, which is basically a reprimand. Mm. After that, it's taken to the Senate, the next level of government, where it has to have a two-thirds majority in order to remove a sitting president from office. And the
1: Republicans control
0: the Senate. Exactly. So it would be extraordinary Mm. for Republicans to uh, vote to remove a sitting Republican president. Right. Unless there
1: was some incredibly damning... Uh, yeah. Information. And what has been alleged, Harry?
0: So, what's happened to bring you up to date with where we are now is that the Democrats' call for impeachment is based on the allegation that Trump withheld aid money that mm. had already been approved by Congress in order to pressure a foreign government into helping rig a United States election. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, when you put it like that. <laughs> pretty major, yeah. Some so, pretty serious allegations. Yeah, what's actually happened is a whistleblower has come forward, um, and they have said that uh, clearly the thing about whistleblowers is they're anonymous in order to protect them. Right. Uh, so they have said they've been someone on the president's staff, possibly. They've been someone who is in a position to hear this phone call between Trump and the newly elected president of the Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky. Mm. Uh, And it was a phone call that Trump made in order to congratulate the new president. But he also, in the phone call, heavily alleged that if Ukraine wanted more aid money, which they have been receiving America for quite some time, something in the hundreds of millions of dollars, no, thousands of millions of dollars. Billions? Uh, Yeah, possibly billions by this point. uh, That if they wanted this aid money to continue, they would start attempting to dig up dirt and investigate the... Democratic frontrunner Joe Biden, the former vice president. Yeah, former vice president, he's now running again for president on his own platform and he is currently in the best looking position. He's um, leading the yeah, the democratic the charge, yeah. Uh and possibly in Trump's eyes at least the biggest threat to Trump's presidency. Mm. Uh so um Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, used to work for a Ukrainian energy um dealership. Okay. And there was allegedly some dodgy business dealings, which Trump has heard about and is now pressuring the Ukrainian government to to dig into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, this is fairly damning stuff. Very nausea allegations.
1: And so, uh, the phone call has just been released. What do we know from that?
0: Okay, so there's been a transcript, although it's not really a transcript. So, part of Trump trying to diffuse the situation over in America is that he's gone, oh, obviously everything's above board. In order to prove it, I'm going to release the information about the phone call, and said he'd release a transcript. But wasn't really. It's a little dodgy. It's been something that they've written up that describes the phone and call. And things have been redacted. Things have been redacted, and it's it's been uh, like the original version of the phone call has been stored on this incredibly secure server in the White House, which is only meant for like uh, privileged international security information. Weird. So it really shouldn't be there because it was more of a social call than anything else. So the very fact that that's happened is suspicious. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of really, like, uh, sus stuff going on, right. on the down low. Yeah. Um, and the Democrats have finally thought that this is enough, this is the thing that they're going to start impeachment proceedings over. Mm. Uh, and you have to think you've got a president pretty dead to rights in yeah, the Yeah, that's a big, yeah, big step for Nancy Pelosi to make. Absolutely, because with Clinton, it was um, very clearly the Mon- uh, Monica Lewinsky scandal. Right. Um, with Nixon, it was Watergate. Watergate. Uh, this is... We cannot stress this enough. This is a big deal because... This is huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, there's been a lot of Democrats who were more conservative Democrats mm. and that they are the reason why they haven't tried to impeach Trump already. Yeah. It's because they were elected in swing seats that actually voted for Trump in the 2016 election. Right. And even these conservative Democrats who don't want to lose part, uh, power in their seats have gone, no, this is beyond the pale. Right. We have to take President Trump to task for this. Yeah. So... Jeez, <laughs> yeah. Overall, this is going to be absolutely fascinating. Very to interesting the to too. Watching, yeah. um, there's new news coming all the time. Keep an eye on the Washington Post and yep. the New York Times. Buzzfeed. T- yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously don't, don't. not the Young <laughs> Clickhole. <Yeah. laughs> the Tudor Advocate. Look to probably your sources, have some people. interesting <laughs>
1: opinions. Um, do you mind if I ask you some questions about all this, Harry? Oh, please do. Uh, my first question is. Just step back a bit. What is a whistleblower exactly? What what is what does that mean when we refer to that? I know you said that it's someone that we try to keep anonymous,
0: but what exactly is that? Okay, so a whistleblower is a uh, a term for someone um, who is in a gov- who exposes privileged information about a government. Usually, mm-hmm. basically, it's someone who is providing information to a journalist or a media outlet. Who may then be in danger for providing said information? Right. So
1: it's more about the scale at which the information could be damning to that person.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Because if it's like, if it's a safe thing to talk about, they're just informed. Right. Right. To be a whistleblower, you're blowing the whistle on privileged information, and that can get extremely dangerous. Yeah. Whistleblowers have been routinely imprisoned. Well, and look murdered. at Julian Assange and. Yeah, exactly. The classic example: yeah. WikiLeaks uh, had to take cover in a foreign embassy for years because. Julian Assange put up a bunch of um, United States documents online for anyone to read, and they are still attempting to imprison... Well, he uh, is currently, well, he's currently he's in prison, but are still attempting to bring him to justice mm. um, after so many years yeah. on the run. Um, so, for obvious reasons, the whistleblower behind the Zelensky call is staying anonymous for the moment, but they have yeah. continued to release information, which is interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, my next question is... Could you please explain in a bit more detail what exactly impeachment is? Because I feel like that word's getting
0: thrown around a lot, but I feel like we don't still really know what it means. Okay, so interestingly enough, there's no real definition about what impeachment has to cover. Um, So the House, as far as I can ascertain, can impeach a president for pretty much whatever they like. It's more just what they can get the power to cover, because Mm. you need a majority in the House, which I think means you need about 218 votes uh, and last, he said that
1: they were approaching that.
0: Yeah, last time I checked, I think it was when uh, the transcript had been released, there were about 204 Democrats who they could really reasonably rely on to vote to impeach President Trump. So they're 14 away from... Yeah. So, the, look, the odds are looking good that this is going to happen. That's, that was my next question.
1: Uh, yeah. Is what are the actual chances of uh, the impeachment and also his removal from office
0: separately? So, so let's get yeah. about impeachment first. Sure. OK, so tying these two questions together. Um, impeachment basically means when he is impeached that it goes to the Senate, and that's where the real trial happens. But he can keep being president if mm. he's impeached. That's yeah, what yeah. happened to Bill Clinton. Yeah, Bill Clinton was actually impeached, and then he was acquitted in the Senate, which means that they decided he was not guilty after all and didn't need to be removed from office. And he just kept on government. Mm. Um, and we all kind of forgot about it. Right, yeah. Because um, I remember as a, as a kid, whenever
1: it was spoken about that, oh, yeah, Bill Clinton got impeached, I always just assumed that he was actually removed from office it wasn't until I was maybe like 14, 15 that I was like oh no he served his full term yeah because I I feel like that word impeachment is so loaded when actually it's not really what people think it is
0: yeah so what will happen with the impeachment process if it does go ahead is that um, possibly the most damaging thing for Republicans is that Trump will be uh, cross-examined in the Senate and every Republican in the Senate will be made to say either why they are backing him Mm. or why they are not yeah Which can be a very polarising thing, particularly as this is the first time that a president has been impeached coming into a new presidential election that he is running for. What do we think the actual chances of his removal from office are? Pretty low. Right. (laughs) It would have to be a quite remarkable set of circumstances, although I don't think the Democrats are actually beyond hope about that at this point. Yeah, but... My next question,
1: because as, as you said, and I agree, I, I think the chances of his removal from office from this are low. Do we think that this is all just a bit of a show for the election next year?
0: Well, interestingly enough, part of the reason the Democrats have been... Um on the fence about whether they were going to actually file impeachment proceedings, whether Nancy Pelosi has maintained, Oh, by the way, on that point, Nancy Pelosi is the speaker for the house, Mm. uh, which means that she is the main person in control. She is a Democrat. The Democrats currently have power in the house just to like clarify that point. Um, yeah, she thought it would be a really politically, idiotic manoeuvre to make for a long she time. She avoided it, right. Yeah, because, you know, the odds are is that Trump will be acquitted in the Senate, mm. and she thought if that happened, it would be an affirmation of Trump, and the Democrats could actually lose out politically, uh, which will probably still happen, but the fact that she's willing to go ahead with it now speaks to a real shift in the status quo. Right. Um, do we th- What chances do we think uh,
1: that this will affect Trump's chances of re-election in 2020?
0: I think it's definitely going to affect his chances. How um, heavily, though? That's the question, I suppose. Absolutely. Another interesting point on this fact is that it's actually made things a lot more complicated for the Democratic frontrunner as well. Right, yeah. Uh, because Joe Biden, like it or not, has become embroiled in this whole thing. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of... it's his The strategy that Trump is taking is exactly what he did to Hillary uh, back in the 2016 16. election, um, basically painting this political smear campaign For someone who has not done something right in the political sector, Um, with Hilton, it was Benghazi. With uh, Biden, it will be the Ukraine. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see who loses out more in this deal, although, you know, whether Biden actually does become the Democratic candidate. We still have to wait and see. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I wonder what chances this has of affecting that.
0: Yeah, I think I actually think that's the part that not many people are talking about. Right. And I, I think there's a good chance that this is going to be a real blow to Biden. Because it's Biden's not in the lead by much. No, it's pretty well torn between him, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Yeah, in that order. Yeah. 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 So it'll be interesting to see how this develops um, to kind of answer your question going back a bit. I think it will have an effect on Trump. I don't know whether it's going to be the blow that's just too early to tell. Right. Right. We've just got to wait and see. Yeah, um, although, you know, we will because you and I have a lot of fun watching American politics. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's like watching sport for us. It really is. And it's nice because it doesn't sort of affect us that directly. And then we go to war with Iran and it does. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Excellent. Shall we wrap up our deep dive on that I think that that pretty much sums up our deep dive for the week. So to summarise, wacky-do
0: America. OK, so, yeah, shall we shall we continue on to our shower thought? Yeah, I suppose we'll wrap up the episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did last week's. Would you like to do this week's? Surely, may, I just Yeah, I've got it written there for yes. you. Yes. So our shower thought
1: for the week, uh, biting your tongue while eating, is an example of how you can still screw something up even with decades of experience. So don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah, that's right. And on that note, thank you so much for listening to episode two of News Sense, our podcast about the news. Uh, News podcast. Yeah, that. (laughs) (laughs) We hope, as always, uh, we've tried to digest the news for you in a bit of a silly, fun way. That's our objective, as always. Trying to be a little bit entertaining, trying to be a little bit
0: informative. I think we did all right.
1: Yeah, Mm. absolutely. So we hope that you have a blessed day. Uh, May all your news be good news, as I believe the old saying goes. (laughs) May all your good
0: be news and your news be good.
1: Yes, that's right. Uh, And on that note, I guess we'll wrap it up. Thank you so much. See you
0: in Fortnite.